Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, March 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Kansas Chiefs today with beat writer Herbie Teope and columnist Vahe Gregorian. See what I did there? Kansas Chiefs. That was the story on Tuesday when team president Mark Donovan was paraphrased by a reporter covering the NFL meetings in Florida that the Chiefs would keep their options open when it comes to future homes. One of those options could be on the Kansas side of the state line, Donovan said. On today's show, we explore that possibility and tackle other topics like the NFL's new overtime rule for playoff games and what remains on the to-do list for the Chiefs and free agency. So let's get started. We got a lot to talk about because with the Chiefs, there is always a lot to discuss with Herbie Teope and Vahe Gregorian. Guys, um, We've been battling uh, the traffic and the parking at Arrowhead Stadium now for, for years. What's it going to be like when it's uh, when over, <laughs> over on the Kansas side and uh, you see the, the, the wheat blowing out, you know, in the distance and the sunflowers? Um, now, that was interesting a piece of news that came out of the NFL meetings yesterday on, on uh, Tuesday. Mark Donovan apparently told a, a small group of reporters that the Chiefs are considering different locations for uh, if, you know, future decision to be made on, on where the Chiefs play. And among those would, would be a site somewhere in Kansas, I assume in Johnson or Wyandotte counties. But uh, it wasn't specific. And we, you know, we weren't there to ask him about it. Be, rest assured, he will be asked about it or, um, you know, Clark Hunt at some point here in the near future. But um, what, what's happening here, Vahe? What do you think uh, is, is what, what's the point of uh, of bringing this up? You know, in the middle of free agency, as the draft approaches, uh, why why now to, to make uh, to put this out there? Well, I think there's a couple things going on, uh, Blair. First of all, uh, it, there's certainly been an undertone ever since the Royals started discussing the possibility. Moving to a downtown stadium from the Chiefs, that they're going to get theirs if uh, the Royals get some public funding, and I feel like this is just the next next sort of step in that chess match. Um, I think if if we can take it, it really it's funny that the, the quotes that came wasn't really a, a quote per se, or maybe it was just a small quote. Um, the bottom line is that Mark Donovan said they're listening to options. I think we could hear it a lot of different ways. I think one of the ways we could hear that is they've always been listening to a lot of options. And you covered that a bit in your story from yesterday and in today's paper. Um, so to me, it, it's it's what the Chiefs are going to do. It's a little bit of uh, some combination of posturing and also signaling that they're uh, they're not going to, you know, be left behind in this if if the Royals get something. What what is a whole other element to this to me is how all this might affect the Royals' um, uh, sincere explorations of something downtown, and uh, you know how much this gets all jumbled in the public eye in terms of what these uh, these franchises are asking for. So. At more of a burst than you needed on that, but that—that's sort of my first read. No, I, I, those are good thoughts. Um, I, I, there's a when the story broke in was it October or November about the Royals pursuing or interest in a downtown 
ballpark. Maybe it was earlier than that, but that's when the first time we got an opportunity to talk to Clark Hunt about what the Chiefs uh, plans were or thoughts were. And he actually foreshadowed the idea of um, of options for the Chiefs then. And that that story is, is linked in the story that we wrote today. Um, you're right, Vahe, that uh, the Chiefs have never not thought about the idea of of a future somewhere else, as long as, you know, as, as long as I can remember, or as long as the legends has been a part of the landscape, uh, the, the area over in Kansas city, Kansas, uh, that includes the Kansas speedway and, and children's mercy park. I've, I've always heard people wonder what, what a football stadium there would, would be like, or um, how could, could that work? You know, basically taking, you know, the, the stadium from, I thirty five, I four thirty five, and I seventy on the Missouri side, and putting it in the same I thirty five, four thirty five, and, and I seventy intersection on the Kansas side. Um, but I don't know. I just I can't get my my head wrapped around the Chiefs playing anywhere other than Arrowhead Stadium. It's, it's been, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's been since nineteen seventy two. It's served them so well. Yeah, and I just I'll just double down on that real quick. I mean, I I think we know that you know these organizations are always looking for enhancements. Uh, you know, whatever's sort of next in the next in the uh, lineage of stadiums, all these kinds of things. But how many stadiums bear the uh, iconic um, sense of Arrowhead and and association with the team now? You know, here we are a year into the sponsorship, and uh, we're not calling it that sponsor name. I mean, it's Arrowhead Stadium, and I, I, I think, I think there are other ways this can play out well for the Chiefs if if the Royals do move. I mean, I, I think we've seen the the setup in New England um, with a a mall built in out there. Uh, there's different ways to look at how this could put, could that could work. At, at the Truman Sports Complex, uh, maybe they would retain Kauffman Stadium and have concert rights to it. I don't know how any of these sorts of monies, these allocations um, can be made in that direction instead of with financing toward another thing. I mean, so I just feel like there's a big, uh, to use one of Herbie's uh, 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 wheelhouse uh, metaphors, it's some big poker poker thing going on here. I, I don't think we can overstate that. Um, I do think it it probably is uh, a little foolish not to think that they there could be um, the Chiefs could, you know, take other steps that make this look more um, like a threat. But I feel like right now it's 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 a lot of just what can we do to get ours? Blair, by the way, while we were talking, I felt like I was trying to remember who said I'm not going to be a wallflower in this discussion. And it was a uh, David Boren uh, at Oklahoma as, as uh, the, the Big 12 was was breaking up. And anyway, I just was reminded, I had the feeling of the Chiefs uh, saying, I'm not going to be a wallflower <laughs> this discussion. Hopefully it's not as ominous. Right, right. There, there, well, some, and, ahead, and I was going to say, and hopefully there, there's there, there's not a, a cross-signaling of uh, you know, two <laughs> university presidents trying to talk at the same time, <laughs> which was the case. <laughs> uh back then but uh yeah herbie i was going to say maybe leavenworth would be a you know would be a nice location <laughs> for, a, for a new stadium hey they would have the most secure stadium ever if you know <laughs> they put it on fort leavenworth 
I, I, I have to agree with Vahe here. I, I think there's a lot of posturing going on. You, you look at when this lease expires, 2031. Okay, now all of a sudden you're, you're discussing when you, you put it out there. Hey, we're listening to the options from Kansas. You know, when, when you think about how long it would take for renovations, okay, what, four to five years if they want to really truly renovate Arrowhead. Uh, but to me, the thing that strikes me the most, and you two have touched on this, it's, it's a stadium steeped in tradition. It's iconic. The Chiefs last year just spent nine to $10 million in their Hall of Fame inside the stadium. And I remember specifically Clark Hunt saying, we are committed to tradition. So when you think of Arrowhead, that's tradition. And, you know, just to somehow uproot and go to Kansas, I, I just can't see that happening. You know, I would be stunned if it happened uh, because this is a team that does embrace tradition. And, and Arrowhead is tradition. It's one of the more iconic stadiums in the National Football League. And then, you know, Clark Hunt is certainly well aware of that fact. So totally agree with you guys. I think it's posturing right now when you're nine years away from when your lease expires. You know, Sorry it's about funny that. too. Uh, just a quick, a quick thing, Herbie, you're reminding me of this. I mean, um, I, I, I uh, started having some plans in my head to talk to everybody about, you know, when are we going to write the 50th anniversary of Arrowhead thing uh, th this year? And now I'm worried he's going to take on a, uh, <laughs> another dimension of, uh, of analysis. Okay. Hey, before we leave the topic, let's take a, a just a quick roll call. Uh, I'll ask the question, do you ever think the Chiefs will play anywhere other than uh, the where Arrowhead Stadium is located today, Kansas or anywhere else? So, Vahe, we'll start with you. Just yes or no. Will the Chiefs ever play, in our lifetime anyway? In, in well, I, that's, that's the key. I was going to ask you about at least uh, your lifetime and mine. Um, if, if, we, if we put it under that uh, bracket, I'll say no. Kirby? No. And I make it unanimous. I think the... Um, yeah, I, I do believe that what uh, what's happened now is uh, the Chiefs getting everyone's attention and mission accomplished on on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but proving that the change can come to the NFL, uh, we saw that yesterday <laughs> in the NFL meetings. Apparently, the you know the Chiefs. Uh, falling in overtime to the Patriots in the twenty in the eighteen AFC Championship game without getting a possession in overtime was not egregious enough for the NFL to change the rule then, but somehow the Buffalo Bills not getting an overtime possession in their loss to the Chiefs in the divisional round game this past season um, was was enough to change the rule. And Herbie, you were all over this. Um, it got changed. Why why did it happen now and not and not then? I think with the, with the just from listening to the competition committee's comments, you know, they looked at the statistics and, and the statistics showed in the playoffs, at least, because we have to make sure that this is uh, people know this. This does not apply to the regular season. This only applies to the postseason. But the statistics showed overwhelmingly in favor of the team that won the coin toss. They would go on to win the game. So, uh, you know, in their efforts to make it a fair and balanced playing field, 24 of 32 owners or probably more than that because we don't know the actual vote, but that's how many it takes to, to turn a proposal into a rule. They agreed. And, and so the Philadelphia Eagles and Tennessee Titans were the ones who proposed this rule. And, you know, Andy Reid kind of foreshadowed this last uh, earlier in the month at the, at the combine, you know, he pretty much said there is a movement for this. 
you know, the league around the teams around the league finally figured out what the Chiefs proposed in 2019. Make it fair. And you know who that game between the Bills and Chiefs might still be going. <laughs> <That's a point. laughs> Well, two points. Let me um, uh, let me jump in and say, first of all, I didn't explain exactly what what the rule change is. Now each team will get a possession, guaranteed a possession, in overtime in, in a playoff game. Previously, obviously, um, that was not the case. If you scored a touchdown uh, with your first with the first possession overtime, that team won the game. The other team did not get a possession. Um, if there was a field goal or no score, then the other team would get the possession, and then it, basically at that point it was sudden death. So. And I, I should say, you know, we, we we related to the Chiefs because we relate all of our NFL, you know, questions and comments to the Chiefs. But there was another game that that probably had an influence here too, and that was the Super Bowl, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, where the Patriots came back from the twenty eight to three deficit to force overtime. They won the coin toss. The Patriots did, went down and scored, and that was it. And Atlanta never got the ball in in overtime. So between that game and then the, the Chiefs win over or the Chiefs lost to New England in the AFC title game, um, uh, I, enough evidence had mounted for for this decision to be made. You think it's a good one, Vahe? I mean, is this um, – see, it occurs to me that once you get to overtime, defenses are flat worn out. Um, and just uh, – you know, it's, it's going to be tough to stop anybody. However, the Chiefs were stopped in overtime in the AFC championship game. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I am all for it. I, I feel like the rule has been fundamentally unfair. And if you just step back and said, okay, this is uh, the, the, the pinnacle of the sport and uh, the two, two of the best teams are, are playing and well, coin toss is really going to be important. I mean, think how absurd that is. And so I, I, I think, the first and most important aspect of all this is just simply fairness. I, I know there's people that argue, well, you know, defense, defenses have to come through and give yourself a chance, but you guys tell me, I mean, how anticlimactic, uh, but go back to the chiefs Patriots game or, or even the chiefs bills game, those games were incredible games. And then just to see it like, well, Patriots are going to score. Well, chiefs are going to score. I mean, I get that it changes if, uh, if neither of those things happen, but, it, it it to me they were both sour endings to uh, to incredible games. Um, I mean, I'm happy for Chiefs fans that the Chiefs won that game, but but it it just it is just not not kosher to me. Yeah, I think when you're saying and Vi, I agree with you again here. You know, when you say defense has to stop somebody, but when the score is four, when the final score is forty two to thirty six, <laughs> yeah. I like to think that defenses are 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 you know. <laughs> secondary in this thing because the offenses today are geared towards offense. I mean, it's, they want the scores. The NFL wants that because it's inner of the entertainment value, but it's fair. You got to make it a, a level playing field and, and to give the other team the opportunity, whether it's the chiefs or the opponent is the only fair way to go. How many touchdown receptions would Gabriel Davis have had if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that game we were allowed to continue? I mean, he only had an NFL record four in, uh, in, in regulation. So 200 plus yards receiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Chiefs weren't stopping that guy uh, or Josh Allen, to be honest with you. That not with the way that uh, he performed in the final, what, whatever it was, two minutes, two and a half minutes of that game. Yeah. That that was it was it's still a remarkable, incredible performance by by both quarterbacks, and um, 
I, I, I agree. I like the rule. I'm, I'm glad it's here. The, the, the Herbie was spot on. The evidence, when the evidence is so overwhelming uh, to make a change, you make the change. Um, and it, it wasn't then. Okay, we will, uh, that signal means we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got to talk about some free agents. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash sports. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speak KC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Herbie Teope and Baje Gregorian talking Chiefs and NFL. It is still free agency season. There are Chiefs players uh, who have performed very well for the Chiefs in the last few years in their their title years, division title, uh, AFC title, Super Bowl title teams that are out there looking for jobs right now. And while we were in break, Kirby started to run down the list of those guys. So we will get to the the, the new players because there there have been. Uh, additions since we talked last, Herbie. That was the Tyreek Hill uh, trade podcast we did last week. But I want to hear the list of chiefs that we're so familiar with who were big-time contributors that are still out there in the, uh, I wouldn't call the unemployment line, but they were looking for work. Yeah, they are looking for work. And obviously the biggest one is Tyron Matthew. Here we are two weeks into the free agency period, and he is still unemployed, still looking for a team. He spent some time down in Baton Rouge at LSU, you know, giving a, a speech. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, when you think of Tyron Matthew, he's he's getting older, he's on his third contract, and, and these guys tend to wait it out. You know, there's probably a chance 
sense that a lot of veteran players like him and even Melvin Ingram are, are going to wait because they don't want to participate in OTAs, which, you know, sometimes drives these veterans. But, you know, the, when you t- take a look at those two, you've got two running backs out there, Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon. I think the signing of Ronald Jones for the Chiefs probably signals that McKinnon and Daryl Williams are going to play elsewhere. Marcus Kemp's a free agent. Uh, two offensive linemen, Mike Remmers and Kyle Long, who are older. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they eventually decide, hey, the last year was my last year. I'm going to go ahead and hang it up. Uh, Okafor is still a free agent. Hitchens, Dorian O'Daniel, Ben Neiman, Chris Lammons, and then obviously Armani Watts is the last one. But those are the guys from previous seasons who have contributed to the Chiefs, and some of them were main parts of their Super Bowl runs two straight years and also the Super Bowl win. But those guys are currently uh, unrestricted free agents. It's a pretty long list, and um, and the Chiefs have made several moves, uh, several signings, right, uh, to – you, you you mentioned uh, Ronald Jones for one, and we know about uh, uh, Juju Smith Schuster and uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and there there have been and, and Justin Reed are the primary ones. Uh, but uh, that's a that's a lot of uh, of former Chiefs that are out there still available. Um, do you anticipate any of those guys being you know, coming back to Kansas City, or uh, is is there a uh, you know a scenario that that brings some of those you know, one, two, three of those guys back, maybe on a lesser deal than, you know, the one-year deal, or um, it just, it, 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 it's just the way the, the, you know, the contracts fell that all these guys are available now. Um, but, you know, it, it's a business in the NFL, right? I mean, there's no hard feelings. Um, if, if the Chiefs want to bring somebody back and it's the best offer, you take the best offer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the, the interesting thing about the Chiefs roster right now. When, I didn't anticipate them being busy over the weekend because I looked at how many people were on their roster. After the Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling signing, they were at 77. And, and we know they have 12 draft picks and you can't exceed 90. So now you have Ronald Jones. They're right at 78. So when you take the 12 draft picks into consideration, you know they're going to sign some undrafted free agent people. So some of the guys that they, they have on reserve future deals or even maybe some of these players who are on one-year deals might not be on that roster by the time OTAs kick off. The interesting thing about how the Chiefs approached free agency, Justin Reed, uh, Marquez, Scantling, uh, Valdez Scantling, I think those are the only two who are on multi-year deals. Everyone else is on a one-year deal. So, you know, they've kind of gone the thrifty way, and whether they bring some of these other guys back remains to be seen. You know, Ben Neiman, I don't know if he's going to come back because you, they signed Elijah Lee. They signed Dion Bush, uh, Jermaine, uh, golly, I'm forgetting his name. Carter. Jermaine Carter. Yep. These guys are special teams players. So that, that doesn't bode well for Ben Neiman, Dorian O'Daniel, or even Armani Watts. Or Marcus Kemp, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I noticed how uh, when you're listing those other signees, you're, your eyes lit up when you mentioned Elijah Lee, but uh, that might be a K-State thing. <laughs> it's right. Uh, well, I think that was just because the cat got on his desk right then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. Um, Wildcat. <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, and Kansas City, by the way, Blue Springs, right? Elijah Lee. So uh, nice to always great to have a, a Kansas City area guy back on the with the Chiefs. Uh, and that's in a, you know we we just ran down the list of the players they have signed and, and that's in addition to 
you know, Blake Bell, Derek Naughty, Michael Burton, Andrew Wiley, Orlando Brown Jr. Those guys are back with the Chiefs as well. Um, all but uh, Orlando Brown. Well, technically, they're all one-year contracts, right? If Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah. get the franchise tag. Um, and the thing with, with him, too, I mean, we don't even know if he'll be in, if Brown will be at OTAs because he has yet to sign that franchise tag, which carries $16.6 million. The Chiefs are going to have to get creative with the cap again, <laughs> heading into the summer months. Uh, after Tyreek Hill, $20 million available in cap space. All these signings right now, and the NFLPA site has not been updated since the Ronald Jones signing. But if you project it, they're probably sitting anywhere between 13 to 17 million. With 12 draft picks, they need 13.8 million to sign all of them. So, you know, they, they're going to have some more gymnastics to do here. All right, Vahe. So, a team that's going to go forward without Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, probably Anthony Hitchens, Charvarius Ward, Daniel Sorensen, probably Ben Neiman, and the others that, that, uh, that Herbie mentioned is a change in identity to some extent with this team. Is it not? Um, these are, these yeah. are, yeah, these are guys that we've, that we've all seen play. They've all celebrated uh, championships with the chiefs. It's a, it's a large percentage of players that aren't going to be back. That's right. And I think you can make a case between what we've seen with, you know, what looks like a uh, concerted effort, obviously a concerted effort to shed salary, but I think even a concerted effort to get younger, um, that will be amplified many times over by having 12 draft picks. Um, it seems to me we're looking at the first real pivot point of the Patrick Mahomes era in terms of a substantial, um, you know, reset of sorts. Now, what we don't know is I, I think we can say this, although you guys might disagree. We don't, there's still enough stuff missing on kind of the, the Venn diagram between eras here that we don't exactly know how that's going to be filled in. Um, will some more of these guys be back than we think, et cetera. But we do know they're going to be younger. The very thing we identified as a lot of the core of the Super Bowl run, Mahomes, Kelsey, Kelsey Hill, Tyron Matthew. Those are, those. we're talking about two of the top four or five, if, if Tyron indeed does not re-sign with the Chiefs, which there seems to be little reason to believe he will. Um, that's a couple of the most marquee presences. Sam McDowell had this, and Herbie, pardon me if you had this in a story too, but Sam McDowell, I think, had it just in a tweet the other day. I think, as it stands right now, there's only seven of 22 starters back from uh, the team that won the Super Bowl. That is correct. And that's not that long ago. It might seem long ago to Chiefs fans, but it, it it's, so that really shows, I think, the, the nature of this, the, the need to keep working the cap, and, but also, the idea that to stay relevant and to stay young and just even maybe to stay hungry, you got to keep um, tilling the crops. Vahe, the four players that you mentioned, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, and, and Tyron Matthew, to me are the four players who with different, with varying degrees of, of possibility uh, would be their top four players and, you know, hall of fame candidates at some point, right? The, uh, the, the best players. And now they're going forward. They're going to go forward without half of them. So that that's, it, it's almost as if we reached the first, I don't know, based, maybe based on Mahomes' contract, the first third of his career is now complete. Um, it produced 
it, it, it produced a, a Super Bowl championship, a Super Bowl appearance, and division titles every year he was the starter. And now we're beginning a second third, and the transition has, has started without you know, without the dynamic Tyreek Hill, without the, the, the great leadership of Tyron Matthew, and the Chiefs have to figure out a way to uh, compensate for that. And they've started down that road with, uh, with Smith-Schuster and Valdez-Scantling and other law firm type uh, signings <laughs> they've had. But, uh, but there, are still, there are still some glaring holes to fill here. They haven't, with all the moves that have been made, Edge rusher still is out there as a position of need, it seems to me. And are they pushing all their chips into the draft for, for that position? And I think they could – another cornerback. Um, they've talked about adding another wide receiver. Herbie, what do you, how, how are the Chiefs going to – what's the best way now for the Chiefs to address the issues of need? The draft. You absolutely have to go to the draft. And this, the one point that sticks out to me the most is everything that Brett Veach has said this offseason – you know, he's always pointed out the depth at the defensive end position is deep. And when you look at the draft now, there's so many defensive ends who project to be first round draft picks. He can you can go out there and get an impact guy. They, they have the ammunition if he wants to move up into the top 10 to grab one of those top two guys. You know, so this is going to be an interesting part of how they continue to build the roster with 12, 12 draft picks. You can do a lot. You know, you kind of mentioned this last week when we broke down the Tyreek Hill trade. Five of those draft picks are within the top 100. You're going to get you're going to come away with some blue chip talent. And, you know, you're going to have to address wide receivers simply because Juju Smith-Schuster is on a one year deal. You're going to have to address cornerback because Rashad Fenton is in the final year of his contract and you lost Shavarius Ward. So if, if you're going to go in there and try to find impact starters, this is the time now in the draft because you missed out on J.C. Jackson. You missed out on uh, Chandler Jones, you know, some of these big name free agents who would have filled defensive end and cornerback. So, you know, 12 draft picks gives them a lot of ammunition. Yeah, for sure. Not, not just in, 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 you know, adding players, young players, but also in making deals that, that we know Brett Feach is um, adept at. So. All right. That's what I was just going to add, Blair, real quick. It's just, yeah. you know, that is that gives them flexibility. Let's not let's not uh, understate that too. I think that you know, as diabolical as they've been with these uh, these these uh, draft day moves and and moves around the draft, I I, I wouldn't rule that out either. That's all. That's- hey, as writers, we're hoping like crazy. Uh, Veach does trade away four of those seventh round draft picks. Or it's going to be a long night. <laughs> Well, it is about us, as we remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, great stuff. Have really enjoyed it. Um, uh, it is never not time to talk Chiefs, so we'll we'll do it. Uh, we'll continue to do this on a weekly basis uh, until until Herbie just collapses from uh, <laughs> from fatigue in his coverage. So, all right, for Herbie Chiopi and Vahe Gregorian, thanks, guys, and we will uh, we'll do it again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our producers, Monty Davis and Randy Mason, and to Jeff Rosen and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Vahe Gregorian for sharing their thoughts on the Chiefs. Morning Sports Edition, you know I love it. 41 pages today. All the NCAA tournament, NFL meetings, baseball spring training, World Cup soccer qualifying, NBA and NHL packed in there today. Go to KansasCity.com and the subscription tab for more information.
Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another Sportsbeat KC.